Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Log, 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 talk radio. This thing right here yeah, yeah, yeah. is for my people in the streets. Yes, yes, yes. Today, log, talk radio. So one mic. See, this is another place. They got a great uh, training staff. Welcome to another episode of uh, One Mike here on the RSG uh, platform. You can reach us at realsportsguys.com to, to follow all our content, connect with us on social media. Um, we're going to spend a lot of time today really focus on our, our topic um, that we have here in the cipher. Uh, and, and, and it's something we all understand, the revolution will be televised. Uh, and it is being televised. And the, the world of sports is right in the minute, uh, middle of it. And so uh, we definitely want to spend some time on what we believe as pressing events um, here in America um, and that we need to, to address. But uh, before I get into that, I want to hit an open mic quick, uh, let folks know uh, here in our open mic that uh, just a couple of announcements. Uh, we are continuing to have our voting on our, our game at the Saint. Uh, if you have a chance to go to RSG um, Lounge uh, on Facebook, uh, you can vote there. Um, and, uh, you know, if you get there, vote for black and yellow uh, because you know, I need some votes. Uh, I'm, I'm out here getting crushed out here in these elections. No, Chi-Town Hammers. Chi-Town Hammers. Something, you know, you know uh, Hank ain't saying that because he up there just doing what he needs to do. But we're going we're gonna to get past that. But we want you all to go and vote. Um, you know, if you hit us on any of our social media, I, I posted a couple different posts on, on how you can vote for that. Uh, we're going to keep it open. Uh, we're going to kind of keep it open until we know what's happening with the NBA. It's kind of going to be our crawling poll. And so I'll keep uh, encouraging you to do that. The other thing is I'm going to have uh, an RSG live at the lounge. I got some great uh, interviews coming up. Those are long form interviews coming up. Um, the next person we're going to have in the, lo- in the lounge is uh, my man, Lamar Sue Campbell. He's the director of player engagement for Chicago bears. A friend of mine um, is going to come on uh, with that and we'll have him on that. So look forward to that podcast. Uh, Lamar is a incredible person. We call him Sue. Uh, Hamp knows him. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, really good. He played for the Lions. So uh, we got a couple of Detroit folks over, Lions fans over here. He played for the Lions. Uh, so he'll talk a little bit about his time playing for the Lions and, um, and everything else. But um, he's been involved in player engagement and development at the college level and the pro level. And kind of in this time, how he works with players, uh, particularly new players. Uh, so I look forward to that conversation with Lamar. It's been a long time coming. I've been wanting to get him on. Uh, so really look at that. But we going enough of that. We're going to get into the cipher. Um, and, you know, one of the things I think it's uh, important is kind of, you know, uh, set the table. Um, you know, uh, um, one of the things that kind of triggered this conversation is, you know, Stephen Jackson, who I like and, uh, um, uh, you know, NBA uh, player, been involved, um, really responding to what many of us have seen uh, as it relates to uh, George Floyd um, and kind of the heinous act that led to his death um, and has really um, ignited uh, response throughout the country, uh, but just in some ways uh, continues to, to serve as a reminder that uh, we have unresolved uh, issues in this country. 
um, uh, that that hit at the basic elements of humanity and decency and safety, uh, especially as it uh, uh, relates to um, uh, black and brown uh, men, um, and specifically black males uh, in this country, uh, and um, has uh, in some ways uh, created some um, different reactions. Um, you had uh, in Minneapolis, obviously, where this happened. Um, uh, Minnesota, University of Minnesota has uh, cut its all ties with the Minneapolis uh, Police Department in terms of contracts. Um, if many of you don't know, in a lot of university settings, uh, there are sometimes contracts with local, they usually have university police force, but then there are things they contract with the local police forces uh, for events, uh, with football games, whether it's other types of events. Um, these contracts are over time can be, you know, in the millions and the millions of dollars. Um, she's instructed uh, her senior leadership uh, over that area to find other ways to meet those. So hitting it from an economic standpoint, like we are not going to continue business uh, with that. To the fact you have uh, Coach Allen for uh, uh, the Indiana Hoosiers coming out with a very heartfelt statement, understanding the impact uh, that this had on the, on, on the players on his team. Uh, so you've had a number of reactions, and we thought that this would be a good place for us to, to kind of um, begin to ha- unpack our own selves. You know, because as both as all as you can see visually as black males who are constantly dealing with the, these issues, this has been our life experience. Um, but, you know, also the process, um, you know, how we're feeling at this time. And so I'm going to bring in my co-host in uh, with each of them. You know, I just want to get a sense of how they're feeling, because we don't, as males, ask each other enough, how you doing? <laughs> how you feeling? Because, um, you know, it's not. Uh, you know, sometimes you always have to put that armor up, but in this space, you know, we're going to create that space. And so um, I'm going to start with, I got to start with the elder uh, out here. Uh, my man, Hank, you know, you know, how, how have you been feeling brother and, uh, and doing this time? Well, well, first of all, health wise, I'm blessed. Mm. Okay. Um, that, and, and as far as my family and stuff like that, I'm blessed and highly favored. I uh, just found out this weekend I became a grandfather for the first time. So there you go. On, on, on a personal level, thank you. On a personal yeah. level, uh, I feel great. Uh, but I would be remiss and I would be wrong if I didn't say that I was outraged. Mm. And I will say to you this, that I wish, I, what, would really, what really frustrates me is the fact that this isn't a new, old, a new story. It's an old story. The only difference between now in the 1950s, in the 1940s, in the 1920s, and the 1800s is social media. Okay? It's just so, it's just, it's just, it's not lost on me that we are in the midst of a worldwide pandemic where people are supposed to stay at home, that people are just going out for essential reasons. And yet we're still finding reasons to kill black men. Okay, and, and then what we want to do is try to minimize why it's okay to kill black men. I want to say this, and I'm not going to take up too much time, but what I do want to say is if you are a bully or you are being bullied and you keep getting punched in the mouth, you keep getting punched in the mouth, once you decide to fight back, all of that rage, all of them times you've been hit comes out all at once. And then you go to war on somebody. We've been doing, trying to do peaceful protests as a people for decades, for centuries. 
and it always comes back to the same spot. I know we're going to talk about that. My concern is then is is when war is finally called, who's going to be left standing? And you got to be careful what you ask for when you keep on trying to oppress a people because they're not going to stay under that lid for long. And that's my concern. Preach, preach. Thank you. Thank you for sharing how you're feeling. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Hammer, man. You know, uh, coming to us live from, you know, Madison, Wisconsin, uh, where, you know, they, 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 they tore up State Street a little bit. Um, showing that expression of just what Hank talked about, but how are you feeling personally, brother? How are you feeling as a, I know as a black male in all these spaces, how are you feeling? I hope this doesn't come off the wrong way, but I'm numb. Um, mm. Brother Hank talked about, we've seen this before. We've seen this, this uh, these heinous acts from uh, Rodney King to, you know, growing up, I got the story about Emmett Till uh, from my parents. And, uh, basically, my parents, as you you probably know, were social justice warriors. My father was a minister, mother was a teacher, and as a young boy in Chicago, they broke it down to me about keeping your hands to your side when you were stopped by the police. Um, my dad would make you know the, you all laugh about. I guess you gonna laugh. People who who know me and see this this telecast can be like, why isn't hammering a suit right now? Because that used to be my uniform. Um, and my dad, the reason, one of the reasons why I did that was because my dad told me, son, you need to be dressed right because if you get pulled over in the freeway coming from Madison, you could be in trouble. And so um, I live with that, brother, as far as people getting killed in Chicago all the time. So George Floyd is a heinous act, is sick. But am I surprised? No, I'm not surprised. And you even look at the aftermath as far as after the indictment came down, they're already selling this brother and setting up for acquittal right now. They're talking about the fact, I mean, they're putting out an alternative theory. They're talking about that, high blood pressure. Yeah, that he had high blood pressure and he had other health ailments. And basically the uh, officer, former officer Chavin's uh, um, heinous act did not cause his death. He basically had a heart attack, and that's why he died. And people are on the far right are, are running with this. It's sad that uh, D.A. Freeman brought this up. And I know that the attorney for the family, Benjamin Crump, is going to come out with an independent autopsy. But these are the shenanigans they're going on right now with, uh, is Hank talked about devaluing my black life as a black male. And so, um, you know, I'm... Again, again, I'm numb. I mean, anger is just, I, I've seen it over and over and over again. And um, the main thing is that it, Brother Hank talked about it. Protests haven't done it. Uh, we protested for the past 50 years. Um, I think you know my, where I'm coming from, we need systemic uh, changes to deal with systemic institutional racism. And people have slept on, and I only get political here, but I will. Um, Donald Trump's election as president is one of the worst things that happened to the black community because the fact that all these judges are on the court, 168 judges who are going to interpret the law and interpret the law against us as black people, that's the thing that, that people didn't understand when they stayed at home. Uh, and I'm not blaming all of brothers and sisters for Hillary losing. Hillary lost because of a lot of reasons, but it was part of the calculus stuff. Uh, and so the main thing that comes to me is like, 
what can we do systemically to change things? I mean, one thing Brother Van Jones broke it down today is that uh, the DA that's on this uh, case needs to be removed. They need to have Keith Ellison, former congressperson from there, who's attorney general, take over this case because after the leaks, uh, as Brother Darnell talked about, um, related to the high blood pressure and all these, now they've, they've seen the, they're saying he resisted arrest to showing some footage in the car. They're clearly setting up for an acquittal and for more, as Brother Hank said, more turmoil where this is going to be child's play, what's happening right now, um, if there's an acquittal that comes down. So, and, you know, it's documented, I'm not selling uh, Mr. Uh, D.A. Freeman, but he has had an alcohol problem. Uh, he had to leave his post um, at, at uh, the DA's office because of alcohol problems. We also have, I'm glad they lifted this up, um, uh, Senator Klobuchar, look, on her watch, allowed for 18 complaints against uh, Mr. Chavin and didn't prosecute them and then tried to throw the grand jury under the bus. You're the prosecutor. You can charge this. You don't need a grand jury. So um, I just see all these shenanigans going on. It's just, I'm numb to it because I've seen it before. Been there, done that. And I see an acquittal coming down. The fact that they took, took them five days to come up with an indictment is unconscionable. And the fact that his other three accomplices are uh, running the street free, getting their affairs in order, is unconscionable as well. The fact also his wife strategically filed for divorce right after he was indicted to protect their assets. I mean, we see the game is being played right now, if you're sophisticated. But so that's where I am right now, brothers, is that uh, I don't want people's numb, people think my numbness is, is uh, indifference or that I'm an Uncle Tom or something like that. No, it's just that I've seen it before in the protests and, and Brother Hank broke it down. And like I said, he's, Brother Hank leads it well. So I, I appreciate Brother Hank. Uh, I am very concerned with, we know the disproportions of this disease, COVID, and you have brothers and sisters out here. Again, they have a right to protest, but wear a mask, social distance. Uh, I saw Mal, Malcolm Brogdon and, and Jalen Brown. I'm glad those brothers stepped up, but wear a mask. And I saw Jalen Brown was wearing today. Go ahead, bro. Jalen Brown was wearing a mask. In the uh, but he was not wearing a mask. And one thing I saw where he was marching with Brogdon, uh, he wore a mask part of the time. I'm not here to attack Jay. I'm just saying that these are brothers. We need them to stay safe because, we, again, with COVID, and get, not to go off the trip, with COVID, brothers, we learn something every day about COVID, man. And it's because of the fact that this virus is mutating because instead of sheltering in place, we are out here uh, having parties and not doing the things we need to do as far as social distancing. And we have a mutated virus that's causing havoc on now young children have inflammatory disease. We know about the blood clots that are happening right now. Uh, they're causing dialysis. Scarface is on dialysis right now because of this. So again, I'm just concerned about the fact that yes, protests, but people aren't there, aren't wearing masks, they're not social distancing. Uh, and this is really going to exacerbate the cause of second wave before the second wave was even predicted, brothers. And so that concerns me, but I want justice for Brother Floyd, but sadly I only see justice in the civil justice system because of the 
lower burden of proof that get legal on you, lower burden of proof that you have in the beyond the reasonable doubt. Because they basically set reasonable doubt with this crazy theory about that he had high blood pressure and that he was struggling with the, the police and this nonsense. So, I mean, you already see the game. It's done. But sadly, the average person is not seeing the game. And so when they say not guilty, maybe a year from now, oh, man, like Hank said, we had, we've seen child play the last six days. We're going to see just havoc. And especially with the National Guard being deployed all around the country, God forbid what's going to happen to people who uh, are going to be enraged by a possible acquittal of um, uh, Mr. Chavin and, and his accomplices. Well, that, that's why we want, you know, I think there's, I think one of the things you're pointing out here, I think is important is that there's layers to this. And um, you cannot um, disregard the, the um, threat of a pandemic um, in the overall scheme of this. And so, uh, you know, there, we have to, that's, that's something we got to be considering um, as part of this and, and what that means uh, for a long, uh, for a long-term fight that we're going to need to be on as, as, as it relates to this issue. And so um, none of our uh, uh, young folks, especially the energy that our young people are being incredible leaders. We have people across the board who are, who are um, uh, protesting and, and reacting to this in a way, but, but we have that, that is something we have to consider uh, because it's real. So, uh, you know, you don't need to apologize. This is our space for us to share. Um, and I, I've heard, I've heard a number of brothers talk about being numb, not because they're not wanting to react to this. It's because, um, they're not surprised and they often numb because they, they're shocked that, you know, white folks really are surprised. Like, what are you surprised? Like, what else do you need to know? So there's a lot that, that, that gets numb to it because you're looking at it like, uh, you know, this is my existence. I, you know, I, I explained to a couple of my colleagues that, you know, I wear, uh, I actually wear my driver's license either on my chest or I have it hanging from my, 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 my mirror. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm an assistant dean. Like, I, why am I driving, you know, 50 minutes and I'm worried about that scenario? Because you're black in America. You're a black man that, in America. That's, that's, and I, but the fact that I got to do that, it takes a physical toll on you, right? There's a physical toll it takes on you when you have that type of, uh, microaggressions day by day cutting s slots and slits that are cutting into your soul. So the fact that you have to prepare like that, because most people don't, like, you have to prepare to leave the house because that's how we've been taught. So, but but even having that doesn't guarantee you anything. Uh, and so, it you know, it's, it's it's important that we put these issues out. But we got the young in here. Oh, man, I got a lot of I got a lot to say. I'm not trying to be too long winded. But, no, do your thing, man. This is our space. I was long winded, so take it. <laughs> but I feel I take feel you. But um, shoot, man, how do I express my feelings on this? Um, so uh, take a deep breath. So I'm take taking your time, bro. Take your time. All right. So you guys say you numb. I'm pretty sure we're all gonna be on the same accord on this, right? <laughs> We're not surprised. And to be honest with you, if you're if you are surprised by this, you have not been paying attention. Like um I was here I was here marching for um the Freddie Gray when he got when he got murdered, um for Eric Gardner, for um um for 
of Michael Brown, for all those people. So um, this is not new. This is nothing new. So this is so what I see is this is an opportunity for us to grow as a people and to come up and really make change, change that we really need to make, and um, to really further ourselves. With um, we need grass grassroots legis um, we need guys to um. I'm trying to find a word. I'm not trying. To, I'm not saying legislate, but um. You know what I mean? Um, got um, lobbyists. We need lobbyists on the front lines to promote the black, the black agenda that we need. We need to buy black. We need to support black businesses. We need to take pull our money away from um, the, these um, corporations and to keep the money circulating circulating around with our people. And on top of that, um, I, I really should have wrote this stuff down, to be honest with you, because I have so much stuff. My brain is going in a million ways at the same time. But what I'm saying is oh, this is a time where all of us are on one accord. There's no more sleeping anymore. Everybody is on one accord. Everybody is ready. So this is a time where we need to, to come up and make real change, real um, tangible change. Yeah, I, you know, I think that, you know, I wanted to because, you know, I, I think we don't often have space to to even say, I don't know how I feel. I got to get this all together. And so I, I wanted this to be that space uh, because, you know, we should have the ability to do that. And so, you know, no need to apologize. This is why we created this space, you know, um, and we'll have we got to come back, talk about it. We'll come back and talk about it uh, because this is this is what, uh, you know, this is the platform you know, which we have and created that, that we have the ability to do this and share uh, these thoughts. And I'm sure a lot of folks out there who are um, experiencing these things the same way. And I, 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 like I said, you know, I, you know, I didn't quite know how to feel um, because anger wasn't enough. Like, and a part of it is, you know, I'm sitting here watching, you know, OJ uh, made in America and, you know, talking about the Watts riot, you know, for people who grew up in Detroit, knew what happened in Detroit and just, uh, the economic uh, um, downturn that happened post-riots and just the systemic change that happens that then gets perpetuated. So this becomes a cycle that we have that doesn't get, um, that doesn't stop. You know, where's the, where are the points of empowerment um, that we have to find? What are small points? Um, and Darnell, I think you really hit it right on. Like, what is the agenda? You know, I, I was, I remember taking students to the Million Man March uh, where there was a deep agenda, uh, where to me it was one of the most transformative experiences, you know, I think I've had uh, being in that space and being in the mall uh, with folks. Uh, but there was an agenda that was laid out, right? And how do you activate that agenda in a way that helps to move uh, in a different direction? Um, there, there, you can't at a certain point continue to ask for folks to, to, uh, 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 to care. At some point, you got to just decide this is what it's going to be. And um, I, I think I feel an energy around that now that was interesting that I haven't quite felt before. And I think maybe part of the thing is the pandemic, I think, has created a moment. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, getting our brother Damon Williams on, uh, Carl, to talk a little bit uh, about this. He, he's going to be in one of our upcoming – I know he's going to have something to talk about in, in the space around that. And, and I think um, – Athletes have also been been a, a place for activation and uh, reach uh, around helping to sh to shape that agenda. And 
uh, to begin seeing some of these young athletes, again, continue. I, I've really seen a more organized um, approach uh, uh, in, in that space, particularly over the past five to six years uh, around this and, and the role that they play in the role they play economically, you know, as entrepreneurs and business leaders. Um, I do think that part of this is having an economic justice strategy um, uh, around this as well that, that, that hits on some of the local um, uh, uh, communities, puts pressure on prosecutors as well around resources. People are, are elected officials. Um, a lot of these things have to be a multi-pronged kind of ground game that has to be part of it, but you have to start with, you know, what do we want as a community? I think, Darnell, your thing about what is the agenda, I think is, Usually the question I'm asking is like, okay, what's the agenda? And, you know, I think even with the Black Lives Matter movement, if you look at the platform, there's a deep agenda. You know, how do, how, how, how do we activate that agenda? Um, there's a deep agenda around economic empowerment. There's a deep agenda around policy. Um, and to the extent through that we need to do that. So for me, I think my, my feeling has been activation um, and then figuring out, you know, how do I do that? In, on my block. You know, the, the changing this, the addressing this issue is going to be a block-by-block block thing. I said this on a call the other day. It's a block-by-block block strategy. You know, it's what, what do you do in your space, in your block? Um, there's a national agenda, then there's a ground game. And we, we're going to have to uh, figure that out and, and figure out what's going forward. Um, when you saw, let's it, it, take it from a sports context. You know, Steven uh, Jackson, um, who I, I've really watched how he's evolved over time and um, uh, in, in you, could, you could hear a pain in his voice. It was like, you know, I could feel it as he was speaking um, uh, and, and talking. Um, you've seen some of the athletes, we talked about the master stuff, but you know, what has been your, as, you know, as, 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 a, as a sports platform, what are some of the things that you've noticed coming out of this from the, from the world of sports. I, I mean, I, especially um, in terms of the way in which people have leveraged their power and position to really push the message. Were there things that, that have bubbled up for you that you've seen, like, okay, they get it. Um, they're, they get it. What have you seen? I've really been surprised and pleasantly surprised from the um, outpouring of support from non-Black um, people yep. in, in the community. Like, you saw even, like, Canelo Alvarez, Guys like that, Ryan Garcia, and pe- um, people of that um, nature that are not connected to the black community, they um, are showing their support. And that's one big thing for me. We always seen J-Rock. You know, J-Rock has is is always been somebody that's outspoken. But um, to see him out there, that's one thing. And um, we saw, like you said, like um, Hampton said earlier, Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown drove from Boston all the way down to Atlanta to his hometown. To, um, to support the movement. And that's big to have somebody like that show up amongst the people. You had in North Carolina, you had Dennis Smith Jr. and J. Cole over there. So it's big to see um, the support. And not only just sports, like you're seeing, and from a global perspective, you're seeing guys in um, the UK, in Ireland, Germany, Africa. It's all around the world, there is support and solidarity for our cause. Yeah, I mean, um, and so you know, part of it is it's 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 interesting, um, you know, the, the global reaction to apartheid, right? Um, uh, in a way, and uh, how things were galvanized. 
And, um, you know, the, the black experience in America has never been seen as that, right? In terms of the institutional racism, you know, when you think about um, uh, through Jim Crow, through, I mean, people don't recognize the, the impact that it's had on where we are today. And um, in ways that you get, you see recognized in other countries, uh, when you think about historical impact on people, right? It's, it's almost as if, you know, folks uh, globally have looked at, you know, to pull up your bootstraps, you have everything in front of you kind of thing. And some of that tide is turning uh, in an interesting way. Uh, I saw a little bit more this week. But the question is, what's the sustainability? And I think, Hammer, I want to hear a little bit on this real quick, uh, because I think, you know, Hank was kind of set a historical context a little bit. Hank, you know, as someone in his statement kind of help us, you know, these things have history repeating itself in a lot of different ways. But I think you mentioned some things just from a policy standpoint. Um, and I think uh, Darnell hit a little bit on it. You know, where, 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 where are the potential places for policy changes to hit this systemically? I know you mentioned that. What are some of the things that you hear and you understand as someone who's been involved in that world? You know, what, where are the opportunities here? People don't understand that, that how important the vote is and how people are trying to undermine our right to vote. So, um, and that's really bothers me, just the lack of participation in, in all of America, but especially uh, in Africa, America, where um, we had people died, beaten uh, for the right to vote. And you look at even our local elections to our state elections to presidential, uh, we if we get 50% for the presidential, that's considered kudos. That, that's embarrassing. And so to break down your, your question, Devon, is that the vote translates this way, is that these judges, if they're on the local level, the federal level, the people don't understand the game is that you can have the president, you can have the governor, you can have a legislator or an older person, the policymaker in the particular position. But if you have a court that invalidates what they do in the legislative process, then it's, it's for not. And so people don't understand that, and again, not to get political here, but there've been a lot of elections that have been lost that have hurt the African-American agenda because the bottom line is that people that are being put on the bench for lifetime appointments who are against our progress as a people. And they're getting appointed um, young, too. And what'd you say, brother? I think they're getting appointed young, too. Wasn't there a, yeah. A, yeah. a lifelong judge that was um, appointed at like 35 or 40? That's, that's, that's another 40 years. That's the agenda, man. And they understand. And, and that's what the problem is. They're playing chess and we're playing checkers. Right. We're trying to go, again, nothing against protesting and, and nothing against, but the policy agenda has to be where, again, we have people in place in the legislature, in all three branches of government, in state, uh, county, local, federal government. And, but the judiciary is key because the fact that, albeit even on the state level, if they're elected, they have, like, for instance, I don't know how long your terms are in Michigan, but or uh, Illinois, I know they're 10-year terms. So they're basically appointed for life. And these people make big decisions. To give per example, uh, yesterday with the California decision on 
again, churches opening up. And again, this is not about churches. People, again, they're, they're playing checkers. They're not playing chess. This is about if Justice Roberts had voted with the, minor, with the minority, basically it would have been open season where COVID would be spreading in our community like wildfire right now because they would have had precedent that you could not restrict churches and then, albeit by logical extension, you could not uh, open up other places and basically you would have uh, COVID uh, going crazy right now. So that's the thing that, that we understand as Black people is that our power uh, uh, to vote and the fact that a lot of people, young people, uh, young and older people are just saying the vote doesn't matter. It does matter. And you see it right now how it matters. The pandemic office was disbanded by the current president. That has cost probably tens of thousands of lives. That is a huge policy thing uh, in our state of Wisconsin, the Supreme Court. Uh, people were infected uh, because of the fact that our court ruled that we should have in-person elections. So people need to understand, again, the sophisticated policy agenda of people who are against our community. And if you don't understand that, if you think protest is king, and if you, uh, you, and you don't understand the minutia and the sophistication you need to have in the policy process, you are going to be angry all the time. And that's why I say I'm numb, because I see the agenda being done on all these levels. And I sit back and I'm like, where's everybody else? Well, I'm, I'm glad you put that out. That's the reason why I wanted you to state that, because I think, you know, you, you are stating a level of the game that most people don't see. And, um, and you know, people look at the, you know, even the ability to, um, we have people reacting to what happened to George Floyd. And we got, we got state of emergency, but we have folks who took over a Capitol with guns talking about their right to not have to stay at home. And the police stood right next to them, right? St gun didn't check whether or not stuff was registered or nothing. Folks held their hand. Trucks. With held their hand. Let's be real, but held their hand. Held their hand. And so, so, so we see two different Americas and you, you, without having a multi-pronged approach, there is no systematic change. And so these things that uh, Brother Hampton's putting out as someone who has seen it in Chicago, he's seen it on a national level. And this is part of it is how do we access our brothers who've been behind the door, behind the, who understand how the game get played. And that's why we're putting it out here like this is that, that uh, when you look at some of these state and local elections, we're not talking about a lot of votes. And to me, that's where like some of our athletes and some, you think about some of the cats back in the day, understood how to organize around that, uh, the resources that you put around it. Because you organize the right way. It's not a lot of votes. Some of these cats are not winning with a lot of votes in some of these state assembly elections. They're not winning. They're not, you would, you'd be surprised by how, what votes people are winning with. How, you know, they're not, you think they're getting a lot of votes. Some of these folks are winning with like 4,000 votes. Some of these people are winning with at, uh, uh, rates, and you're thinking, that's like five churches in some, in some cities. You know, some five mega churches voting for the same person. Like that's what we that's what we're talking about uh, in a way to to move somebody 
through and to rethink um, what you do. So you got to think about it on multiple levels. Um, and so I'm glad we're putting it out here. Um, one of the things I want to, you know, because this is going to be an ongoing conversation for us. And I just wanted to put this stuff out here. And, you know, in RSG space, these are things we're going to talk about. And people might not like everything we say, but we're not here to, to, to really, at this point, uh, stroke your ego or whatever. We're going to say what we're going to say. And if you got another platform, say it the way you want to say it. Um, but, you know, one of the things that I, um, uh, I am watching for um, is, you know, because that's what we talk about here, um, uh, is the way in which um, folks in the, uh, our athletic complex at all levels, industrial complex, who are benefiting uh, from the labor, how they're responding. Um, and it's an interesting tension that's happening there. Um, and we're going to keep an eye on that um, as well. Um, because I always say, I used to tell coaches, there's things that you owe these communities. When you re- people used to get mad at me. I'm saying when you recruit young folks from these communities and you, you constantly benefiting from this, there's something you owe back. And, and this is what we're talking about. <laughs> there's something you owe back to these communities when you are recruiting these players. You keep coming back to their neighborhoods. You keep getting another one. And the institution in these places benefit, but how has the community benefited from your presence there? How have you reinvested? And this is what we're talking about. Um, where are you wielding your power and your influence uh, that you have in order to make their communities better? Right. And I think these are things that we also need to pay attention to. Um, and I've always been, I've always voiced that and felt very strongly about it um, because that's where the real investment is. Um, and I know there's been um, folks out there who have done that. Uh, people have done it on their individual levels. Uh, but, you know, this is where we really want to see it. Um, there's a lot of folks hurting. Uh, a lot of people are scared. Uh, a lot of people are angry. A lot of people are fed up. And, um, you know, and I think we're not immune to that as, as brothers here who have had to endure this our entire lives um, as well. All right, gentlemen. Um, there's a lot we covered. We're going to leave it right there for right now um, because, you know, we got Hank over here. Uh, we want to drop the mic for a little bit, but we felt like we need to give this time and some space. You know, we come back, you know, there'll be things that we'll talk about. This will be something that we will touch on because that's just who we are. Um, but uh, we wanted to make sure that we, I wanted to make sure we made space for us to process this. This is about us, <laughs> about the four of us as brothers who are all in space and we needed to have this space to process this for ourselves and, um, for our fellow brothers as well. And, you know, we, didn't, we, we, we weren't here to solve the world's problems. We we're just here to create space for us uh, right now. All right, Hank, we're going to let you drop the mic, brother. All right, thank you. I've been kind of quiet outside of my opening statement because I got a lot to say. And I want to hold it for this right now. So I hope everybody's listening, and I hope you pay very close attention. Only thing I have to say is I got one question. And my question is why? Why? Uh, this, this country was founded or was a country in 1776. That's 244 years ago. But prior to that, a lot of slaves came over here from other countries to help build this country. Actually, actually helped build the White House. Okay? This is supposed to be the land of the free and the home of the brave. Right? But the problem is, is that that freedom and that home of the brave was never intended for black people. 
Now, I'm not talking about people, Jewish people. I'm not talking about Mexican people. I'm talking about black people. Why, why in specifically black people? Because it's a good question. And America need to ask itself. All of America need to ask itself is that after 244 years, why is the black man still being killed? I mean, when we go back, we talk about Emmett Till. We had an Emmett Till situation that happened in New York in which a man was just trying to watch birds and a white woman called the police on him. What did she think was going to happen to that man when the police came when she said, I'm going to call the police because you're threatening me? Same thing that happened to Emmett Till. Why? Why? We talk about we need to buy black. We talk about we need to, to do things to help build our community. But go back and look in history and see what happened every time we tried to build our community. Go back and look at Black Wall Street. They burned it down. Go back and look at Idlewild. Every time uh, people of, of, of uh, non-pigment people, I'm sorry, start to try to go into those areas, what happened? They disappeared. What happens when we try to have black homes? We can't get in a house. Why? Why is, such a, why is it that this country has to beat down black people so much? Think about it. You can have Jewish stores. Nobody bothers them. You can have Mexican restaurants owned by Mexican people. Nobody bothers them. You can have any other uh, uh, nationality coming to this country and nobody bothers them. But black people try to unite. Black people try to come together. What do they do? They burn down our churches. They burn down our neighborhoods. They, pull, they force us into small poverty places. And then they say, oh, but you, but, but, but you, have, the same, um, you have the same opportunities as anybody else. No, we don't. And let me go a little step further for you, okay? That a brother of my skin is more safer than a brother of a skin like, like uh, Devon or maybe even Darnell. And this is the real, this is, this is America. Racism in America is just as real as the red, white, and blue flag that it flies under. Okay? It is a foundation of this country. You may not want to hear it, but it's the truth. It is the truth. I've been pulled over four times. I don't even have a record. Two times I got pulled over because they said the light on my license plate was off and it was broad daylight. How in the world can that be? How in the world can that possibly be? And if you don't have, if you're not living this reality, then you got to ask yourself why. You're not living this reality, okay? I have black sons. They go out here every day. They go to work. They're fine, upstanding men. They're men of God. And yet, for whatever reason, a cop will look at him and pose him to be a threat with both hands on the steering wheel, just trying to go to work, just trying to buy a sandwich. Ask yourself, why? What is it about the color of my skin that makes me such a threat to you? What is it about my people coming together that makes me such a threat to you? We don't have anything in this country. We don't own anything in this country. Why do my men have to keep on dying? What is it about us that scares you so bad? What is it about us that scares you so bad? We helped build this country. What is it about us that scares you? Why? America, ask, all we're asking, why we are protesting so much? Because we want one basic question answered, just one. And that question is, after 244 freaking years, why? Why? Why?
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.